Our lesson this morning is from Exodus chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and camp in front of Pihiroth, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Balzaphon. You shall camp opposite of it by the sea. Pharaoh will say of the Israelites, They are wandering aimlessly in the land. The wilderness has closed in on them. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, so that I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the minds of Pharaoh and his officials were changed towards the people, and they said, What have we done, letting Israel leave our service? So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. He took 600 picked chariots and all the other chariots of Egypt with officers all over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the Israelites who were going out boldly. The Egyptians pursued them, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, his chariot drivers and his army. They overtook them camped by the sea, but by Pihiroth in front of Balzaban. As Pharaoh drew near, the Israelites looked back, and there were the Egyptians advancing on them. In great fear, the Israelites cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is this not the very thing we told you in Egypt? Let us alone and let us serve the Egyptians. For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. But Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to keep still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry out to me? Tell the Israelites to go forward. But you lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the Israelites may go into the sea on dry land. Then I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. So I will gain glory for myself over Pharaoh and all his army, his chariots and his chariot drivers. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gained glory for myself over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his chariot drivers. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched his hand out over the sea. The Lord drove back the sea, back by a strong east wind all night, and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked upon the Egyptian army, 
and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. The Egyptians said, let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariot and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians. Here ends the reading. Thank you, Gretchen. That's a long reading indeed, and uh, many complicated names of places. Thank you. Well done. Um, on, t on days when the kids sing, I'm not sure we really need a sermon. Um, we should just let them continue to lead worship. They fill me with hope with their leadership, uh, so I'm grateful to all of them and all of you parents who uh, bring them here to rehearsal and get them practiced up, so thank you. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, stir up your holy power this day and come. Send your spirit into our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our ears that we might hear a word for us today anew and that we too might then live out that which we believe. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I'm grateful for this family of faith. I am grateful to be a preacher and a pastor and a fellow member with you of the body of Christ here at Shepherd. One of the reasons that I'm grateful for that is that you have allowed Pastor Joanna and I to stand up here in front of you and offer sermons that reflect on things that are happening in real and daily life through the lens of theology and God and faith. You've given us the opportunity to talk about things that are real, difficult, and important. I'm grateful for Pastor Joanna's voice, and I am grateful for the conversations that we have after worship and during the week. I know for myself, I haven't always got those conversations right, and I apologize that at times I have maybe fanned the flames of all sorts of things and asked for forgiveness. The truth is, neither Joanne and I ever have the last word on these things. Maybe, in fact, for our family of faith, we have what I would consider to be the first word that's meant to be followed up by conversations with all of you. Today I offer a starting conversation. These past two weeks have been heartbreaking. My heart has been broken again and again. Watching the story of Dr. Ford and Judge Kavanaugh play out in the public national arena has been heartbreaking. And like so many times when we gather together here at Shepherd of the Hills and begin with gratitudes and laments, today I begin with a lament. Lord, have mercy on us all. My heart breaks for Dr. Ford and her quiet courage to come forward and dare to tell her story on a national stage. My heart breaks for Judge Kavanaugh and especially his wife, daughters, and family. Lord, 
have mercy. It wasn't all that long ago that naively I thought that we were not as divided as a country as we actually are. But I don't think I have to tell you are, are a country deeply divided. And lately I have been looking frankly for an escape, a way out. I have in fact been praying for deliverance from bondage to our slavery of deep division. My prayer is simple, loving God, rescue us from the sea that so divides us. I believe as a family of faith, as people of God, you and I are called to be people of reconciliation, healers of the divide, listeners and learners with open minds and open hearts, called to speak truth with humility, compassion, love, and an openness to listen, to hear, and to understand. As I flipped open my Facebook feed the other day, I was both deeply hurt and deeply embarrassed by the comments that I had seen scroll through. Filled with, I believe her, I believe him, memes and doctored photos that have been dripping with sarcasm and disdain for them and the politics therein. And I have been disappointed by late night shows, political pundits and news coverage that has treated both the individuals and frankly all of us and their families and the situation like a political football game with color commentary. These are all human beings with family and friends and feelings and pasts. Lord, have mercy on us all. When I was in college my freshman year, we were asked to write a paper on whether or not we thought people were sinners or saints. I must have had a pretty terrible week the week before. We had just read Dante's Inferno, and if you've read Dante's Inferno, you know there's lots to find despicable about humanity in Dante's Inferno. The title of my paper was simple and it was a short paper. People are basically bad. <laughs> I got a good grade on the paper, surprisingly. I've come to discover, however, that I think I was wrong. People, in fact, can be more than one thing all at the same time. People, in fact, are all mixed up together all sorts of different things within us all at once, contradictory, paradoxically, and complex. We are all at the same time both sinner and saint. We are all at the same time capable of acting honorably with integrity, and we are all capable of acting horribly and poorly. I would dare to say we probably all have done so. Loving our spouse, making mistakes, being a good parent, being angry with those who love us, helpful for a neighbor, and have at the same time lost self-control. 
There are and there should be consequences for poor behavior and inappropriate behavior. But to call one another simple names, to vilify, call evil, or define someone as a liar never tells the whole truth about anyone. It never has and it never will. We are all human beings, complicated, complex, and even in many ways, we are actually even unknowable mysteriously, even at times onto our own selves. Reconciliation will require us to see one another as we actually are. Sinner and saint, all together, all at the same time, all at once. It is important that we see one another this way, that we see one another as human, flawed, imperfect, limited, and finite, capable of great harm, and at the same time, capable of great love. In our story for today, the Israelites are also held captives. They are literally slaves, they are unable to free themselves. They are in bondage to Egypt. Joseph is no longer known, and they are lost. Both in reality and in metaphor, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally, they are in bondage. And what's remarkable to me is that none of the people in this story turn out to be the hero. Moses actually doesn't lead them out of slavery. Sure, he might be out in front, but it's God who's doing the leading. In fact, in the story today, Moses actually says, just stay here, stay still, it will be fine. And then almost in the very next sentence, God says, no, it's time to move, people. The pillar of smoke that had been leading them up until this point no longer leads them. It goes behind them to push them out into a place in which they do not want to go. They complain. They even say to Moses, you know what, it would have been better if we just stayed in Egypt. We could have died there. They even said, geez, I had a nice grave plot all picked out. I was ready to go. This is no military victory, nor is it any human victory. It hurt them to go someplace new. And it probably will hurt us. Interestingly, God is both the hero and the villain in this story. He both rescues the people from Egypt and hardens Pharaoh's heart. It is God that will save. It is God that will lead. It will, God, it will be God that will fill our hearts with goodness and hope. While we often believe that we are incredibly free, I don't think this is actually the case. We are in bondage to all sorts of different things. We are in bondage to our skin color. We're in bondage to our ethnicity, the culture in which we live and swim and have our being, our family of origin, the school that we went to, how tall we are or how lack of tall we are, our privilege or lack of privilege, our brain power, our physical limitations, our emotional capacity, we are, in fact, in bondage to ourselves and cannot free ourselves. 
If we are to move to a place of reconciliation and hope, it will likely be that it will be God who is behind us, pushing us into some place where we will have to recognize, even in those that we do not like, that God is still at work and even calls a beloved child of God. Therefore, it will be God who will lead us out. It will be God who fills us with the quiet courage to speak the truth in love. It will be God who inspires us to confess our limitations, our mistakes, and our misdeeds. It will be God who fills us with compassion to heal and to forgive and to love. It will be God who transforms us from a people divided into a people united in love. Lord, have mercy. Amen.